I'm Cake. And this is uh, Nymphomercial, the podcast that reviews hentai both enthusiastically and regrettably. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just get into it. We'll get into Wonderland. <laughs> yes. And remember, we're all about consent here. So you did this to yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're you're you've put the headphones in. You've told Alexa to play this episode. Uh, also, if it's ever too much, when sh- for everyone besides me, you can just leave. Actually, no, I think there was an episode where I had to walk away for a moment. <laughs> I think Aaron, oh, <laughs> Aaron like brought up something that was just like so much that I like left for a second. What was that? It was in the early days. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to maybe maybe I won't try looking. <laughs> <laughs> Rope, you leave that that in, yeah, leave that into the grave. Um, but yeah, t- today we've got a, a Faku episode. Yay! Yeah. yeah. Um, today's manga is a little bit of a shorty. It's only twenty pages long, um, and it's called In Wonderland. And the subtitle for it is Her Very Own Fairy Tale. So. Alice themed. Um, the artist is Eroki. And yeah, it was, it was good. Let's get into it. Yeah. So I didn't read this. Um, I just saw like an animal head on a body uh, and I was like, Oh, Kelsey's furry adjacent. I'll just (laughs) send this her way for an episode. Um, the funny thing about that is since uh, since it's been a while, I was very adjacent, but now over the course of quarantine and three personas later, I'm oh, furry. No. So. so see, everyone says being a furry is a disease, but that can't be true <laughs> if you become a furry during a quarantine, right? Because that's what quarantines do. They stop disease. So <laughs> it's science. We've we've proven that that furry is, you know, just a healthier state of mind, I guess. You've evolved. Yes, it's it's a new new year, new me. New fur. Yeah, new fur. Yif yif. All right, without without getting too far into it, what what's one of your new fursonas? Um, let's see. So there's three. There's Hazel. There's Ruby, and there's Willow. Do I know what animals they are? That's kind of the point. <laughs> okay. Um, so Hazel is a chimera because I'm a fucking Gemini and can't choose can't between. Be simple. <laughs> I can't be simple. That's why I have three. Uh, Hazel is a chimera. She's a cat and a bat. Um, and she's Tsundere. And I love her. And Ruby is a albino rat. And she's like a little flapper. And she kind of speaks like Harley Quinn. And then my last one is Willow, who is like busty, bookish wolf who may or may not be a witch. One of these days, we'll have to do a furry episode. But today doesn't seem to be the day because this doesn't seem very furry. No, and uh, we'll get into that because, yeah, um, when it was brought up, I was kind of like, oh, like, is this going to be like that furry shit? Is this going to be some weird, gross bestiality stuff? Um, But it wasn't. It was actually kind of surprising. So, yeah, I... I knew I could trust you with discretion if it if it was a little off the rails of what we go for. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, this looks like an interesting middle ground. Um, it is. But I, I really mentioned that, like, I didn't look much into it because I didn't know the name, uh, which is like kind of been a theme lately of things I've been tossing to people to, <laughs> to potentially look at. Um because yeah, it's it's obviously Alice Wonderland themed, um, which is funny because I used to have a huge crush on Alice when I was a kid. Yes. Um, Hopefully, this doesn't ruin everything. I don't think it will. I think you're going to find the main character really interesting. We're going to get into some some big brain shit, some galaxy brain Ooh. shit. Okay, be mind so, expanded. Yes, yes. Among other things, they're going to be expanded. Um, Anyways. Oh, I get it. <laughs> like a penis. Yes. <laughs> so the comic opens with you see a reception desk at a love hotel. Um, and you can see the screen that has the 
windows lit up for like each of the rooms that are available. You can't see oh. any like about it, but you can see on the board where uh, screens are lit up and screens are blacked out. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, depends on Love Hotel. I've never been. I just know about them. Anyways, the next panel is um, a skirt and a blouse folded over the edge of a bed and some cute little moaning noises. And then the panel below it is a nice big busty girl with the short bob. She's got a guy on top of her and he's undoing his pants. I love that there's a onomatopoeia for his pants being undone. The the clink clink. The belt buckle. Yeah. I've never seen that one before. Actually, I don't think I've seen any clothing related onomatopoeias in hentai so mm-hmm. far. I want, like, the whole time I was reading this, because they translated a majority of the onomatopoeia, at least the stuff that's in speech bubbles. Yeah, that's kind of the norm I, I see. Yeah. Is if it's in a bubble, it gets the translation. Yeah. I just, I always want to know. I'm like, what's the Japanese? I want to know. Just because I want to know different onomatopoeia. But anyways, the dude's on top of her. Clink, clink of his belt buckle. And he's saying her name, which is Kagami. Which Kagami means mirror. So... Got a little looking glass vibes here. And you see a close-up of her eye. And she says, oh, I knew you'd be big. And she's talking about him being pushy because he seems pretty, like, desperate to put it in. I love the staging of, like, they haven't shown his head in this first page. Like, Mm -hmm. at first it was, like, just zoomed in enough that you didn't see it. But then in the lower parts of the page, it's a speech bubble. Yes. And so, finally, because, you know, we talked about that weird shit. The next page you see his face and he's got a fucking pig's face. Like big old whole pig face. Pig. Whole whole pork. Not really anthro at all, just like a pig head on a man body. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of tuft of hair. This oh. he looks Wilbur. Wilbur S babe esque. Just like a, a, a tiny percentage of anthro then. <laughs> Maybe the eyes, too. I think pig's eyes can't look forward like that. Yeah. So he's on top of her. She's met with this pig face. And she's, you know, going on about how big he is. And then he's like, oh, are you, like, talking about my face or whatever? And he's kind of feeling weird about it. And she's, you know, about to kiss the pig. Go the whole hog. (laughs) Um, She's talking about, like, how she's into it. She's super into it. Like, oh, don't worry. I'm into it. And then we get a little flashback. We get the title page that says In Wonderland, her very own fairy tale. And we get a backstory about how she's come to be to this point. And then she goes into about how she's always seen the world a little bit differently since she was a kid. Again, her name is Kagami, but her friends call out to her and they call her Alice. I'm guessing that's a nickname for her because they talk about her name a little bit later. As it's showing through these flashbacks, you're seeing like everyone is animal people like or with the heads at least yeah and she says you know that's part of why she wasn't normal is because she'd see people as animals she says that she can talk you know flowers sing she can hear them sing she can talk to a rabbit she's like i'm not normal and because her abnormalities she feels very disjointed and disconnected from her classmates and from other people and it's kind of boring and just She's trying to go through her life. So all these people with animal heads is more of like what she's seeing as like a delusion, it sounds like. Kind of. Um, We'll get into that maybe okay. after we finish this. Because really, I read through some of the comments that people had left on this. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool to think about. So we'll get into it a little bit. One thing I just want to point out is that there is one spot in... Uh, this page where you see some silhouettes that look completely human while she's just talking to like some regular rabbits. So that's why it kind of gives me that indication that like that panel was setting up some of that stuff. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into it later. But good observation. So she said it's become more difficult for her to relate to people because how she sees them, because of how she uh, perceives the world around her. She can't connect with people anymore. Um, she said that she feels really bored and lonely because of that. I feel it. Yeah. Um, and she said she finally figured out a way to distract herself. And you see her walking into the staff room where the teachers are. Um, and you see her teacher turn towards her and he has a mole's face. 
And uh, the next page is uh, him giving her the business doggy style. And she says she found the way she can connect to people is through sex. Which seems like uh, for people who feel, or for some, I shouldn't say all people, but for people who do feel disjointed, sometimes sex is a equalizer or it is a connection, a physical connection or emotional connection when you can't connect other ways. Man, I'm just looking at them like making out and it, it's <laughs> almost like his little mole snout's about to just go into her mouth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of phallic-y. Yeah. Gotta love a good phallic snout. But she's saying that, um, you know, that connection, she became addicted to that because that was an equalizer for her. That is how she connects to people now. She's like, oh, I can relate to people. I can connect to people. Yeah. Uh, and that's a oh, huge positive life change because it showed that even as a little kid, she had this problem now that she's older, uh, that she finally found some form of connection. Uh, apparently three condoms worth of connection, judging by the, <laughs> the bottom left here. I was going to bring that up to you. One, two, three. Gotta always count these condoms. Put them in the trash. I don't understand why they're not. Okay, okay. I See, I thought it was me just like, you know, oh, milk, he doesn't get sex because he's a little ace bitch. But like... Who was so enthralled that, like, you just, like, take it off, tie it up, and leave it on the bed? Like, you took the time to tie it. You can't, like, throw it to the bin? Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one who sees that. Put it in the trash. Or recycle. No. (laughs) (laughs) So she she goes on to say that since then, she's had a bunch of sex with other people. She's had guys that have confessed their love to her. She's gone out on dates. And you see some of her sexual dalliances and they're all different men with animal heads and you see um a guy with a mandrel's head sucking on her titties you see a guy with a chow chow head eating out that pussy a what chow chow like a dog chow chow like a dog or a dog i'm so confused <laughs> he is a dog he's the, the the guy down on the bottom he has a dog's face it's a chow chow that's a dog? Yeah, that's a kind of dog. It's um, a Chinese breed of dog. Chow Chow. I'm not a big dog fan either, so okay. excuse my my canine ignorance. That's okay. And then she's uh, riding the dick of some mackerel face dude. What I like about this here, though, is that there's a lot of different body types. Like uh, the dude with the um, baboon face is so thin that like you can see his like ribs and like the the like tendons in his arms and then the mackerel dudes got a little bit of chub. I wonder if the the mandrel baboon dude if he's supposed to be old because that kind of looks like oldish man body. Yeah, he, you know he looks uh, a little bit more more tan, which sometimes that that can be used as like a visual cue to to aging because it. You know, a lot of times when you're illustrating, age is mostly done in the face. And if it's an animal face, you don't have the same type of, um, you know, recognizable cues like crow's feet and stuff to depict age. But also, you know, anytime we look at a character that is a baboon, they often are the old wise character. You know, look at, was it the Simba? uh, (laughs) I almost said the legend of Lion King. <laughs> Lion King. <laughs> Lion King too. Lion King here. Yeah. The lioning. Um, <laughs> oh, just a, a small backtrack, just because I've been on a real onomatopoeia kick. Uh, splort. That's a, that's one I don't even get. Oh, I guess it's supposed to be like the like squelchy noise of like, I feel like either like a queef, queef kind of sound or the splorching noise. Suction. Yeah. Maybe like the suction up between his thigh and her butt. Maybe. I don't know. Bodies make lots of noises. Yeah. Um, so she goes on to say that like her hookups, like she's hooked up with a lot of different guys. And even though they've confessed their love to her, they don't really last very long and that she appreciates having like one night stands and hookups a lot more than having a boyfriend. Um, And she goes on to say 
that after guys fuck her, they seem to lose interest and kind of distance themselves from her. And whether that's just they lose interest in general, or if that's because of how she is as they learn more about her. Or it might just be another thing in her head. Uh, I mean, some people just like think people lose interest in them. That too. Especially if she's more into the whole one night stand. Sometimes you have that like defense mechanism of like, I like one night stands and it works because they don't stay interested. It's like, is that the case? You never yeah. know. Yeah. But we might find out for her anyways. Yeah. So then it goes, it shows um, a quick cut of pig face dude on top of her. Um, have they said his name yet? Um, I can't remember if they said his name already and I just skipped past it, but his I name is... I don't believe so. Okay, I think they might say it in the next page. But his name is Butamura, which Buta is pig, and Mura is like a common like uh, like suffix for a last name. It means village. Um, so like pig village is his name. Okay. So there's your bilingual bonus for you. Um, but anyways, so you can kind of see like he's on top of her and his hands like beside her face on the pillow and so she mentions that she was surprised because of how guys act towards her that Butamura was so into confessing his feelings for her um and he says you know I really like you and I think I can understand like who you are kind of thing like he's super into her and she's like oh that's kind of weird and then we see he gets super into her mouth Yes, she uh, did a little maneuver and um, found her mouth on his dick. Yeah, like she slid down, like, you know, just right into third base, uh, (laughs) you know, while he's still like in the same position of like you would be, you know, arcing over somebody. He's just on his hands and knees gasping as uh, the fellatio begins. He's in that tabletop position as we call it (laughs) in yoga. (laughs) I love her just little quote just here. In any case, let's do it. Yes, she's she wants to get down to business. She's ready. When he first confessed to her, he called her by her last name, uh, Mitamura, which I'm guessing Mita probably comes from Miru, which means to see. So that kind of gives more of the looking glass vibe, kind of her last name and her first name. So I like that they kind of went with that. Guessing again, her nickname is Alice, but like I like that they went with that instead of just flat out calling her Alice. Yeah, it's pretty clever. So she finishes up sucking on him, and then she starts giving him some of that uh, paizuri. Starts uh, putting his dick through her tits. He's still persistent. He's like, "Hey, before we do this, you know, can you give me an answer? You know, I asked, you know, like confess my feelings. Can I have an answer?" And she's like, does that really matter? We're about to fuck. Like, you know, mm." and he's like, yeah, this shit's kind of got to be done in a certain order. And she's like, "Mm, I don't know. Yeah. He's really been like since the get go show and he's not the most comfortable with this. Yeah. He wants an answer. Yeah. He's not comfortable with this, with the pretense of not knowing what it's implying. Like, he wants to know if this is, like, a mutual thing of feelings uh, or or if this is just another one-night stand, it seems. It's not following the pre-prescribed guidelines to getting a girlfriend. So he's a little confused. Yeah. And that's valid. That's valid. He wants one thing. She wants another thing. So she's like, God, you're so persistent. And then she does some more sexual acrobatics and flips over. So they're six to nine. And he's like, is talking the only thing that that mouth can do? <laughs> and uh, he starts using his little pig mouth and pig tongue to start um, licking her. And she makes a comment about how his tongue's long. His snout's all up in her bubble. <laughs> Just right up in there. Gotta make sure <laughs> she's got one. And so, of course, naturally, if you're in a 69ing position, you're going to receive some dick suckage, too. She starts licking dick and playing with the head. Yeah, he's got a little short, fat dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of tongue, tongue flicking mm-hmm. and, like, a lot of different angles, or, or not angles, but, but zooming in, like, one showing her face with the dick and then one just, like, the tongue in the dick and then... 
zooming back out to show them like completely and the hotel room, which is, I don't know, kind of odd that they like put the establishing shot so far into the like sex scene. Yeah. I wonder if it's just because like, I guess for a reader anyway, because it was established that they're at a love hotel anyway through the small panels and then also the cultural knowledge of knowing that this is probably happening at a, happening at a love hotel. Like maybe they didn't feel the need to establish it. Yeah, they didn't need an establishing shot, which makes me wonder why they added one, but also later on. It's cinematic. It, I mean, it can definitely be, it is that cinematic thing. Like a lot of times when a scene is going on with the, with one thing happening to make it interesting, you want to pull out, uh, uh, you want to, you want to pull the camera back to kind of show like a reestablishment once you know what is going on and seeing it in the, the, the location. Yeah. Um, but that's more of like, an animated or, or live action like a uh, tool it just doesn't work here so much i feel like yeah. like maybe i feel like even the like the idea of different angles and stuff for sex appeal i feel like it's so small because and, and diminished of detail because the camera is so far that it can't possibly be that arousing compared to the rest of the stuff on this page i don't know it just it seems very out of place in my opinion maybe our friend eroki is an artiste and has a uh, cinematic ambitions no oh, maybe maybe this is just like practicing for storyboarding something a little maybe. bit more uh animated but yet yeah, more sucking just doing the cute tucking her hair between or behind her ear thing yeah, and then we got some just more more BJ shots on the next page. Just taking um, it like a cheek. Yeah, very cute, like full cheeks. Hamster cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> got the, the banana. Yeah, she's doing the little hamtaro. Um, <laughs> but this <laughs> onomatopoeia here, dig dig, it's so hamtaro. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was crumb crumb. I'm sure I can't even remember all the Hamtaro onomatopoeia. But Look, then I mean, they made an entire game for about onomatopoeias. Oh man! And then you see Butumura's point of view of uh, Kagami's butt cheeks, her pussy agape, her little wink of a butthole. You know, it's it's in a while since we've done this whole hentai nymphomercial thing and we have the the group chat on instagram which if you're listening follow us on instagram at nymphomercial dm us and we'll throw you in the group chat but because of that like i still keep up on hentai and like send things and share uh it's been a while though since i've like just felt so very uncomfortable looking at a hentai <laughs> image uh because usually it's like more of the like full manga stuff for the show that that tend to do this and as i scrolled down here i like focused on the the ham taro face but then once my eyes drifted downwards i was like oh that's an angle mm -hmm. and then she's got some nice weight to her boobs hanging down and stuff it's it's a cool angle but yeah it's it's a lot that's i it feel is. like when i was reading it too i scrolled down I'm like oh okay and like her vagina is just so open that it's just leading into like an abyss of black. And like the the contrast of everything else on the page is that they're using so much gray tones on the page that that there's not a like a lot of just plain white space, but there's also such thin lines that there's not a lot of like thick black spots on the page and it's like almost in the dead center of the page her, her blink of a butthole is the dead center but her just perfect circular vaginal canal as, as dark as the ink can get is just staring back at me <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> it is it's super jarring and i want to know like okay it's like you're spending the time like inking and you know, putting in the different like tones and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, she's going to go to town with that ink in here. 
<laughs> I mean, at least it's unique. It, it's something a lot visually different than what you might be used to. If you like, if you're, you're reading something new every day to get off to it, it provides something new and different without being like challenging or like super, um, out of place. It's just yeah. an angle I haven't seen before. And the, the framing really draws your eye in a way like it's good work. It yeah. just deeply upsets me. <laughs> it's a lot. But that's it's, a neat thing. Yeah. And it's an intensely like, like a realistic point of view shot. And yeah. I think that's why it's jarring to it. It was like, Oh, yep. Yep. This is what this would look like. It's okay though, because I have another tab open with just, Ham Taro, Ham Ham Unite uh, screenshots, <laughs> and it's really helping me digress. Oh, good. Nothing like screen grabs from the the best Game Boy Color game ever made. <laughs> so, she is really going to town on him. She's doing that cute little okay thing up and down his dick and kind of squeezing on the balls too. Um, and he's like, wait a minute, I'm going to bust. And she's like, nope, no, you're not. And she stops what she's doing. And she's like, oh, what do you think of me now? Like, you know, what do you think of me? You know, little Miss Sexpot. And she uh, screaming face, though. He's got like a little bit of like snot coming out. Even. It's like a pig, pig runny nose. Yeah the transition of his face just to this very, I don't know when you say that stoic, just <laughs> sad, big face. Yeah. Half of it's like got that kind of like fading out white, like lo loss of definition that you see sometimes. Cause he can't come yet. Yeah. So she does another, she's quite, quite the acrobat. She moves from 69 to like be on top of him. Um, and gives him a little kiss on his little piggy snoop. And she's like, let's do it. He's like, but I wanted an answer. Like, please tell me. I'm just like, no, we're doing it. Yeah, when she's kind of like pushing boundaries of him being so patient with all this. And like, she just won't yeah. do the one thing he's asking for. It's a little <laughs> fucked up. It is. And I feel like... At first, she was maybe more like, oh, no, not really, a little bit more yielding. But that feels like, no, just hard no. Yeah, just a hard no to, to even responding to him. It kind of seems like she's taking advantage of him through, through this situation now. She is just trying to feel the connection for the sake of that's the only way she can feel connections. And that's what she wants yeah. without having to, you know, go through the difficulty of having a conversation. Like, I, I understand that it might be hard for her to answer that question without having sex because that's her main way to connect to people. She might be reserving this conversation until afterwards so she can process her thoughts via the only means that she has to establish the connection. That makes sense. But to just be like, no, we're doing it, not explaining any of that, kind of shitty. Yeah, it is. It sounds like she needs to self-reflect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Get it? Gotta love yourself. Because <laughs> she's named after a mirror. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you get to see she's on top of him and he, the artist did a really good job of like defining her clit. You can see it like, and it's again, it's very cinematic in terms of like the different angles that you can see her on top of him. And he's like, wait, please, please give me an answer. And you get another cinematic x-ray shot of his dick is knock, knock, knocking out the door of her cervix. Yeah, it's just right there. It's <laughs> bulging the walls of the cervix and into a little, little bean shape. And it's got the weird, like, I, I don't, I don't know what, like, I guess if I looked at anatomical drawing, I would know. And I guess if sexual education was better, I would know. But I don't know that that's really what the inside of um, the inside of a vagina looks like. Because it looks like it's got like little like cilia. Like, I don't know. It's 
it's very strange. Are you talking about the little fingers in there? <laughs> the little fingers. You know, it's... <laughs> I feel like it's probably there to some degree, but I don't think it looks like that. Yeah, yeah. So the, those uh, those little phalanges in there, <laughs> they're not, not fingers. Uh, for those of you who aren't seeing this right now, it's just kind of... Uh, an odd way to depict the like grooves and inconsistency surface tension of the inner vaginal walls. So like there's stuff there. And when you do a x-ray like this, it's kind of hard to convey it properly because it's um, like when you cut a brain in half and look at it, the, the grooves on the top of the brain have such a weird foreign look when you're looking at it completely from a side angle and that kind of happens here but it's also not a hundred percent accurate either in the depiction of them just being lined up perfectly straight rows there there's a little bit more inconsistency about that but yeah you know they're like caterpillar feet it's kind of bothering me <laughs> wait are you saying your <laughs> vagina isn't just two caterpillars <laughs> They're just walking, okay? <laughs> One day to, you know, just reach sexual bliss and become an orgasmic butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. He still wants an answer from her. He's like, please. And she's like, you just will not give up. Oh, his little face. Oh, his oh. little surprise face. Yeah, you got the like burst of like, like a solid black background with a burst of white to like show a realization. I haven't even read the text. Just like he looks so, so sad and deep in thought. For real. And she says that one day she'll eventually see the world the same as everybody else. And that even now things are starting to look different to her than how they used to. And she tells Butamura that he's kind of changing too. And she says she really can't imagine dating somebody whose face that she doesn't know. So it's more of like, okay, so this is some sort of thing, this distortion where she can't really see their faces. Um, and she says she doesn't want to be with someone who she doesn't really know them. And you can take that as like, she really can't see their faces or because she can't connect with people. She doesn't know them. Like you can read it two different ways. Yeah, I mean, for for those of like, you know, for those people who do suffer from any type of like visual distortion hallucinations, uh, which <laughs> shout out me, you know, you can totally relate to it like this. But say if you don't suffer from anything like that, you can still understand the like metaphor of like, uh, it's hard to trust and get to know people and you can't date someone or, or you might not feel like you can date someone if you don't know them. It's, yeah. you know, I feel like in the sake of the story, it probably is more literal, but it's yeah. easy to connect to even from a non-literal stance. Exactly. And so he flips her over onto her back and she's all cute. Her boobs are kind of going each way. She has nice boobs. I really like. Her. She does, and they're going each way. When when I've seen this angle a lot in the, this boob position, uh, and we always like kind of comment on boob physics, but this looks a little bit even more natural than usual because they they're not the same shape. They're they're yeah. laying different from each other without too much motion like there's there's nothing implying a ton of motion that's causing that so it's just a natural like falling to the side it it looks really good yeah i feel like the artist really understands like i guess weight of boobs even like you know when she was when they were in the 69 position and how they were hanging and stuff so good on you edoki yeah and you know we've said it on the show sometimes you just want fake round gigantic titties and that's good but it's also nice to sometimes see some very realistic depictions yeah i like my titties to have some weight to them i like them grounded in realism yeah and you know, if you like that, good for you. If you want them full of air, ready to, to soar you into the high skies of the Nymphoverse, <laughs> that works too. Yes, there's a titty for everybody. Exactly. So she says she's kind of doing the cutesy, like she's got her hand on her mouth and it's like, oh, besides like, you know, I can't be with someone whose face I don't know. But anyway, even when I do see things normally, I might only be into really hot guys. So 
There's a little bit of a dig at him. Like, that. that's kind of fucked up. I mean, at least she's being honest, though. Yeah. But, like, do you really say that to someone when they're dead? You know, it's, it's, got, it's a shallow move, and some people are shallow. That's, that's true. But um, if you, from that page where she's got her cute little hand on her mouth and her got the nice boob weight to it, you scroll down and you see her legs are spread and you can see um, Butterbrot's dick entering her. It's a nice shot too. Also, so I get that the, the idea of representing this person with a pig could probably imply that they're not a very attractive person. But it makes me think like, what animal would be used for an attractive person? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like from a furry perspective, a fox or a wolf. Oh, yeah. Fox. I was going to say wolf. Everybody wants to fuck foxes. I mean, yeah. Look at all the popular furry anime that's coming out, like BNA, Beastars. It's always the wolf that's like the main dude. But he starts fucking her more vigorously. Just like, oh, you're being so rough. Ooh. And he's like, even if, you know, the things that you see do change, this might be my only chance to be with you. Um, Because, you know, like you said, you might be into different kinds of guys. So he's going to take his shot. I have to fuck you while I'm still an anthro pig. (laughs) Because you're into that. (laughs) You got to seize my my moment. (laughs) You'll you'll have sex with unattractive animal people, but you won't have sex with unattractive people people but what's super cool in these panels is like he's making out with her you see his face change back from the pig and you can see an outline of a human face yeah but what's interesting is that it is very outlined in low detail so it's um it's still showing that like anonymous like unrecognizable status of the person i feel like that's to show that like she's just now seeing like or, or there's this transition of seeing him as a person yeah uh, but still not knowing that person because it's kind of all happening at once and like in in this situation oh no it, it's a good transition instead of just going straight from pig to man yeah again very artistic yeah. cinematic so they're making out and you can see a little bit more of his face, the outline of his face. And he's like, I can't hold on any longer. Going to bust. And bust he does. And you get a nice x-ray shot of um, her give, or him giving her a cream pie. And Something I've noticed hmm. is that... Uh, I'm scrolling back through the pages just to double check. Every single makeout picture is always her tongue touching just above the tip of the guy's tongue. So both with like pig dude and the mole, there is in a, a hentai where we've seen such creative poses and positioning and wonderful like breast dynamics the the makeout images are and while they're from different angles and stuff they're all exactly the same the guy is leaning closer towards us she's leaning further away her tongue's touching just the like above his tip it's the exact same like second still of every single kiss and it's really bugging me he tried okay so so maybe the manga author tried hard on everything else that when it came to the kiss scenes they're just like it's fine low effort every kiss begins with fatigue (laughs) (laughs) they are tired (laughs) yeah it was all that inking in of the the gaping the, the blackness the black hole no ink for tongue, only vagina. <laughs> so he busses, and you can see their postcoital bliss. She's still on her back, and the also another great angle, just like yes. kind of right above her thigh, but like still not too far above. So it's like a very like low angle shot. 
Her boobs uh, look good. Nice uh, waist. And then I was kind of curious why the, the first time they zoomed in on her eye, it just seemed like a stylistic choice, like whatever. Uh, and then they did it another time and it seemed a little out of place and I wasn't quite sure why they did it. Um, but now it makes sense because they've done it a third time. And in this time, uh, they, they have the silhouette of our pig friend as a person in her eye. So, you know, it's kind of like establishing. So this shot had more of an impact. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's my Hamtaro screen. Hamtaro. <laughs> oh, Hamtaro, you bring me such joy in dark glued times. <laughs> But after the panel um, where you see his silhouette in her eye, you see a school and then you see Utamura, you actually see his face for the first time. And he's not bad looking. Yeah, not piggly at all. No. And uh, he's kind of looking and he looks like, oh, kind of alert. And you see a speech bubble that says, oh, sorry, did I keep you waiting? And he turns because before he's looking because it caught his attention. And then he turns to look over his shoulder and you can see down on the ground is Kagami. And she's grabbing onto the arm of some guy. And you see the guy's face and he's not a pretty boy like she said that she was going to be into. Yeah, he he, they, they did a lot of things to try to deviate him from traditional beauty standards. He's, you know, got an upturned nose. He's got a larger mole under his eye his eyes just you know kind of have an odd stare very undefined chin very sparsely thin hair you know just like the little creeper stash coming in patchy spots oh he's got oh a unibrow too even and then you see um is looking down at them and he's kind of laughing to himself he's like oh so you're only attracted to pretty boys huh which is still true because they're all pretty yes and she says, and the very last thing that he says is, apparently I'm becoming normal. Kagami became anything but that. So, yeah. I'm just trying to reflect on what that, that has a, a lot of context to it. What's really interesting about this is that I felt like my feeling when I finished reading it was I was kind of left wondering if she still sees others as having the animal faces or if she's really just attracted to unconventional men, because maybe that's her thing. And maybe that does have to do with how, just her distortion of how she sees the world. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like the fact that we are seeing uh, this man that she's with, like with his actual face, it, it's implying that the distortions are sort of gone. Yeah. Um, at least, uh, you know, she's clung onto the, the, she's clung on his arm. I think it's a safe assumption to to think that she has had sex with this man already, just given her her nature of establishing relationships. So maybe once now that when she has sex with people, they they transform kind of like a a horny anti anamorph. <laughs> uh, I guess it kind of left me to wonder too. Is Butamura's comment doesn't seem particularly mean spirited. Um, and it seems kind of like, you know, he was really into her and he really wanted an answer. And he seems maybe a little bit disheartened about it. I wonder if he became more disenchanted with her after having sex with her. Maybe not just because of having sex with her, but because he didn't get an answer. Um, and that would make him pretty much like all the other guys that she slept with who have basically been into her and then they fall out of it, even if it's not for the same reason. Yeah, I, I think for him, it definitely shows that. I mean, he was, was fairly disrespectful the way she was treating him yeah. through through the whole thing. But he doesn't seem to have any grudge towards that. Just more of an understanding of, of who she is. And I think he, he just sees that they're not the most compatible. But he also, you know, at the same time sees that she, she kind of goes in a different direction anyways. And there's... A little bit of sadness and maybe a little bit of simping after her still. Yeah, you know, there's always going to be that residual, you know, disappointment, even if you understand it's for the best. But 
yeah, it's, it's definitely an emotional ending that, um, you know, could have just been skipped and this would have been the normal hentai, but it adds a lot of context to everything. What's interesting though, is that through the whole story, you know, Alice is our, our like, I guess you could say protagonist. The story is showing flashbacks. So we know more about her, uh, you know, it's kind of conveying all of her personality and everything. So, so you think it's about her. I mean, she's the main thing on the cover page, but really it kind of seems more about his story in, in a sense, just because we get closure with his, we only know that she kind of stopped seeing some people at least as animals, but we really don't know if, she is even like dating the oh no never mind we do know that she's dating the guy because she kind of implied like sorry i kept you waiting we have something established you know you're not just a stranger i'm having sex with yeah Uh, but but we do get less closure of her as a whole and we get more of it about him and where he's going even even if his closure is kind of describing how how she is I mean, I feel like overall, I was really surprised, like for a short manga and for something that I was like, oh, this is going to be weird. I wasn't even expecting furry shit. I was expecting more like weird, gross kind of bestiality, bestial shit, even though they're like people with animal heads. I was expecting it to be more gross, Um, but it really wasn't. I thought that it was super interesting. I thought that it was creative. I liked that it was kind of cinematic and how things were positioned there were some risks taken. So it reminds me of this game called Sayano Uta, which is um, a visual novel um, about uh, this protagonist who has an, he's in a car accident with his family and his family dies and it fucks with his brain. And he comes out of the accident, seeing the world differently. He sees the world instead of seeing people as normal people. And instead of seeing the world as a normal world, he sees as like grotesque, like fleshy, like constant horror. People look like monsters. Um, And that has to do with how the accident, you know, altered his brain. Um, So that kind of reminded me of the manga reminded me of that game in terms of like, oh, she has something going on where she's seeing things differently. And someone in the comments had mentioned specifically that her distortions sound exactly like um, it's called visual agnosia, which is a real thing where, yeah, you, see things differently but yeah so she might have something that's going on with her brain rather than it being a fantasy and i like that they tied in alice in wonderland which is something that is deeply rooted in fantasy with something that is real and can happen it's an actual like distortion yeah um it also reminded me of there's an episode of hannibal where there's a character that has a similar thing where she can't see faces like i think stuff like that is super fascinating and i was not expecting that in a simple 20 page hentai manga so yeah you know um i I briefly mentioned it earlier but i do have some issues with like hallucinations and things and it's kind of cool seeing some representation Uh, also again tied to you know my whole alice crush can't say i'm a fan of this this girl um you know took advantage of this guy when like uh he even said like hey wait and she didn't so you know pretty rapish but uh you know it looks like things are are working out and hopefully uh he continues to be patient (laughs) in understanding but um yeah it's it's definitely a different side of hentai than what you know, is kind of the the common tentacle porn. A lot yeah. of people think it is. Uh, I really do enjoy this comment while scrolling through, saying, um, "I expected some funny sex. I'm a bit sad now." <laughs> it is. It's kind of sad because, like, you. I feel like because it was so short. Like, I don't know that it would change anything because I feel like it's kind of perfect and how it is. But at the same time, it's like I'd love to see more of what happens to her. Is she, you know, going, does she continue to see men as having beast heads? Like what's going to happen with Butumurda? Like, even if their stories aren't still intertwined, there's still other things that would be cool to know. 
Yeah, uh, I think this is one that would like really benefit from like one of those after forwards. Yeah. After forward, what's that called? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of like uh, hentai and manga that like have the little epilogue page that kind of tells you things. Which kind of makes me feel like, yeah, she she wasn't, the, the story isn't necessarily focused on her because, you know, we don't get that closure with her. So it seems a little bit more of a story about the situation as a whole yeah. rather than a character, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It is cool to see how people can take the Alice in Wonderland thing and, and twist it to their their own story to, you know, convey a lot of different things. And I, I bring that up because this is definitely not going to be the last nymphomercial episode else related. Um, I have something in the works about maybe the first hentai that ever really like opened my mind to, to how expressive hentai can be. Ooh. So yeah, keep your eyes out for that. Sounds good. But yeah, if you guys know of any good Alice stuff or just anything in general, send us some recommendations. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Nymphomercial, and we have an email. It's nymphomercialpodcast at gmail.com. With everything else, uh, good luck on your erotic endeavors. All right. Stay safe. Stay healthy, everybody. you know about to kiss the pig go the whole hog